Part of the secret of BlackRock's success is actually milking taxpayers and cozying up to central banks to use your money against you and against your freedom and against your country. Stay tuned and I'll tell you more. Welcome everybody to another episode of Behind the Deep State. I am your host, Alex Newman. This is part five of our series on BlackRock. Last week, we looked at how BlackRock was scooping up politicians and government officials and central bankers. And uh, basically, it's very difficult to tell where the government begins and BlackRock ends. In fact, it's so difficult that Bloomberg called BlackRock the fourth branch of government. Uh, it's absolutely unbelievable how close these ties are. It, it really is like one in the same beast. Well, today we're going to dig into that and expose how these relationships are used by BlackRock to weaponize our money and our government against us. So uh, Fink's rise to prominence and BlackRock's rise to prominence has been intimately intertwined with big finance and big government from the very beginning. Uh, according to the Financial Times, uh, Fink was actually one of the key economic players behind the scenes in the Obama administration, especially during the crises that helped turn BlackRock into the Leviathan that it has become today. So uh, according to uh, the Financial Times, um, Timothy TurboTax Geithner, Obama's Treasury Secretary, actually consulted Larry Fink more than anybody else during the battle over the debt ceiling in 2012. Like, I, I, I want to read you this quote from the Financial Times, folks. It's hard to believe, but it's true. Mr. Geithner's chats with Mr. Fink were among at least 49 conversations the two men had over the past 18 months, making Mr. Fink the Treasury Secretary's most frequent corporate interlocutor and an emblem of BlackRock's growing influence in global financial affairs. So uh, the Financial Times reported that in October of 2012, now, that same piece also detailed some of BlackRock's ties to various European governments. And so every time there's a crisis, you see BlackRock right there waiting to profit from it with your money. Now, uh, in addition to his cozy ties to governments, uh, Fink and BlackRock have very cozy ties to the usurious central banking cartels masquerading as government agencies, in particular, the so-called Federal Reserve, which is really just a private cartel of mega banks masquerading as a government agency. Uh, and, and of course, a lot of other central banks as well. Actually, back uh, in the 2007-2008 economic crisis, BlackRock became a key partner of the Federal Reserve in dealing with the crisis. It's, it's truly incredible, folks. So this 2012 article from Financial Times, they say that uh, BlackRock helped the Fed value manage and sell the collection of toxic securities known as Maiden Lane, accumulated at the height of the financial crisis through the government's rescue of AIG. So BlackRock was working with the government on the bailout programs. Isn't that incredible? And that is actually where BlackRock started skyrocketing upward, right? Working on the 2007-2000 out bailouts. In fact, they were actually helping to lead the bailout programs, folks. And we'll get back to that in just a minute. But a little bit of a background here on BlackRock. Um, you know, the, the firm actually started in the late 1980s. It was part of Blackstone. And yes, the name confusion, BlackRock, Blackstone was deliberate. They think it's funny. Uh, but so BlackRock actually began as a division of Blackstone back in the late 1980s. But within a short amount of time, it was doing so well, they spun it off to become its own independent agency, its own independent company. Through a series of acquisitions and behind the scenes deep state help, 
the company grew and grew and grew through the 90s, the 2000s, through the economic crises into the multi-trillion dollar vampire squid beast that it has become today. Now, the 2007-2008 financial meltdown was a turning point. Now, first, we'll start off by pointing out here that Larry Fink actually helped engineer this crisis. Now, you might say he was just an idiot and he didn't do it on purpose. You can believe that if you want. I don't. But uh, numerous critics and analysts have pointed out that the whole reason we had the financial crisis is because Fink and his little buddies got together and produced these mortgage-backed securities and the bonanza that went along with them that, thanks to the Federal Reserve's easy interest rate policies, produced the eventual subprime meltdown that ended up taking down multiple major banks like Bear Stearns and uh, uh, Lehman Brothers and AIG, the insurance giant, and so on and so forth. Uh, folks, this was incredible, right? So the very guy who engineered the so-called financial products that produced this meltdown with some help from the Federal Reserve's manipulation of interest rates ended up being tapped to help run the rescue program. In fact, this, this was an incredible time of prosperity for BlackRock. Everybody else was drowning. BlackRock came in, thanks to the government and the central bankers, and was asked to help. In fact, they even saw BlackRock oversaw, literally oversaw the Federal Reserve program dealing with Bear Stearns and AIG assets during the crisis. And you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Now, uh, another big business that BlackRock has is the exchange traded funds, the ETFs, as they're called. Um, basically, if you want to, instead of buying just one particular stock, you want to buy a lot of different stocks in a particular industry or sector or country, you can buy into an ETF. Well, uh, BlackRock is uh, one of the big players in the ETF industry. And so what has been happening is that uh, investors are handing money to BlackRock to manage as part of these ETFs. And uh, what BlackRock then does, in addition to making a bunch of money on fees, is uh, to misrepresent those investors by voting their shares in a way that helps advance the nebulous ESG goals and the other New World Odor uh, policies that the global predator class and Larry Fink are hoping to accomplish. So BlackRock absolutely dominates the ETF industry today. They control almost 40% of the market. That's more than its next two biggest competitors, Vanguard and State Street, combined. Uh, anytime you buy into an iShares ETF, which they originally acquired from Barclays for almost nothing, uh, that is BlackRock, right? And they've got now over $2 trillion in assets in these ETFs. Uh, now, Back to the subject of BlackRock and exploiting their relationships with government and central banks to make a bunch of money at your expense. Same thing happened during the 2020 pandemic bailout extravaganza. In fact, BlackRock was called in to help manage the bailouts. Yep, it's true. Uh, actually, in uh, March of 2020, early on, uh, the, the BlackRock was actually enlisted by the Federal Reserve. And it looks like no bid contracts. I mean, I, I, I've reached out to BlackRock asking for an interview. They don't get back to me anymore. Uh, but it looks like these were no bid contracts by the Federal Reserve to manage a huge number of emergency programs. Uh, this included the extremely costly Fed bond buying scheme, the commercial mortgage-backed security operation, as well as the credit ETF program. So uh, in every single case here, BlackRock is profiting off of the U.S. taxpayer, off of its relationship with the central bank, which pretends to be a government agency, but is really a banking cartel. And uh, folks, if you want to know how bad this was, BlackRock was actually plowing newly created money from the Federal Reserve into the very corporate bonds and stock ETFs that it owned and managed. So obviously a conflict of interest, right? So obviously a conflict of interest. And yet it gets better. They say I'm part of a global plan. I don't think so. It's too hot, 
too cold. You know what? The weather changes. Here's the news, Dad. Nope. It's hard to tell what's real and what's fake these days. Ditch the fake news and always get the truth. Go to thenewamerican.com. So just to reiterate here, folks, the BlackRock was working with the Federal Reserve to take this newly created Fed funny money and then plow it into its own corporate bonds and its own stock ETFs. Yeah. I mean, talk about a conflict of interest. Basically, the Federal Reserve was stealing your savings, right? Uh, printing money out of nothing, which is the, the equivalent of taking money from everybody who has cash, right? It's just a little bit more insidious than taxes because people don't really understand how it works. So they're taking your money, they're stealing your savings, and then they're giving it to BlackRock to hand out to their cronies and to put into their own funds and then to tell companies that they need to go woke if they want the money, all while enriching themselves and their friends, yes, it is the ultimate conflict of interest. And folks, this is just one of the tools that BlackRock and its cronies and its allies in the government and in the central banking world were using to weaponize our economy, to weaponize our companies, and to force ever more aggressive visions of wokeness on American businesses, boards, consumers, etc., now, one of the biggest transformations of the economy that we saw during this time period, and it was engineered at every step of the way by BlackRock, in fact, very shortly before the pandemic, or plandemic, as the case may be, uh, was something that they called going direct. Now, uh, James Corbett, who, who did a three-part series on BlackRock, which is excellent, uh, he really broke this down in a very simple-to-understand way. So basically what happened is uh, in 2019, in August, BlackRock put out a paper calling for allowing central banks to inject newly created funny money, there's currency that they're creating out of thin air, directly into the economy, directly into companies, etc., uh, not just by buying treasury bonds like they typically do, not just through interest rate manipulations, but by going direct, uh, basically by just giving money directly to whoever they wanted it. And so this scheme was designed by BlackRock, and then it was implemented not long after BlackRock proposed it. So in this 2019 paper, uh, BlackRock and uh, it had a, you know, a whole bunch of former central bankers that they hired. If you didn't watch that episode, go back uh, and watch it. It's just amazing how many prominent central bankers work for and have worked for BlackRock and how many BlackRockers work for central banks now. So this uh, 2019 paper, BlackRock's central bankers or former central bankers sketched out this vision for dramatically empowering and expanding the role of central banks in the central planning of the economy uh, in a way that completely bypasses elected officials, completely bypasses people traditionally charged with fiscal policy. Now, fiscal policy is taxation. Fiscal policy is spending. And traditionally, even in the, the ridiculous economies that we have today in the Western world, fiscal policy has been seen as being in the purview of elected officials and the government. Monetary policy has traditionally been in the purview of the unelected cabals masquerading as government agencies called central banks. So you have this, this very bizarre situation where the BlackRock and the central bankers working for BlackRock say, hey, we don't want to have to deal with the elected officials and the traditional constraints on fiscal spending. Why don't we just give those powers over to the central banks of the world, right? Uh, so uh, this is actually what they say in the 2019 paper. An unprecedented response is needed when monetary policy is exhausted and fiscal policy alone is not enough. 
That response will likely involve going direct. Going direct means the central banks finding ways to get central bank money directly in the hands of public and private sector spenders. In other words, helicopter money, as Ben Bernanke famously put it. So uh, James Corbett explained the significance of this. Um, here's what he says. He says, uh, what we were told was a pandemic was, in fact, on the financial level, just an excuse for an absolutely unprecedented pumping of trillions of dollars from the Fed directly into the economy. So that was in part two of Corbett's series on BlackRock. He noted that the firm itself helped oversee and, of course, profit from this revolutionary transformation in the economy. Uh, he goes on to say it's sufficient to understand what the central bankers got out of the going direct reset. The ability to take over fiscal policy and to begin engineering the economy of Main Street in a more well direct way. So, folks, what we saw here was a revolution. Okay, a going direct revolution where in partnership with governments that are in theory supposed to be regulating these mega banks so they don't destroy us uh, and central banks uh, had, in the words of James Corbett, truly conquered the planet. Uh, it was now dictating central bank interventions and then acting in every conceivable role and in direct violation of conflict of interest rules, acting as consultant and advisor, as manager, as buyer, as seller and as investor with both the Fed and the very banks, corporations, pension funds, and other entities it was bailing out. Okay, Are you starting to get the picture here, folks? Um, the deep state is running wild, and BlackRock is one of their primary tools. Now, ultimately, BlackRock is on pace to become, as James Corbett put it, the master of the universe. The transition of BlackRock from a mere investment firm into a financial, political, and technological colossus that has the power to direct the course of human civilization is almost complete is how Corbett concluded. Uh, and he's absolutely right, folks. This is incredible. It's unprecedented. We have now this parasitic entity with $10 trillion at its disposal, mostly of our money, right? This isn't their money, right? This is our money. And they're using it now to turn the very corporations that we work for, that we invest in, that we buy from, into weapons, into battering rams, serving to break down our civilization, break down our country, break down our constitution. Because, as Larry Fink said, markets like totalitarianism. Uh, uncertainty. Markets don't like uncertainty. Markets like actually totalitarian governments where you have a uh, understanding of what's out there. And obviously we're, uh, the whole dimension is changing now with, uh, as you said, a democratization of, uh, of countries. And, and democracies are very messy, as we know in the United States. Uh, you have opinions changing back and forth. Yeah, frankly, markets don't like totalitarianism. Totalitarian societies always and everywhere have produced nothing but horror, misery, stagnation, poverty, and misery. So... Sorry, Larry Fink, markets don't like totalitarianism. In fact, it is markets that enable, free markets that enabled the very prosperity that allows you and your crony deep state buddies to swindle us out of so much money and still be able to have all of us survive. So this needs to stop. This is absolutely outrageous. This is the deep state gone wild. It's conflict of interest everywhere. Um, and it is basically how the deep state works, folks, through wanton criminality, right? They'll take your money, they'll weaponize it against you. They'll take your savings, your tax money, your retirement, and use it to destroy you and destroy your country and destroy your community and destroy your children and destroy your values. It needs to stop. And it needs to stop yesterday. When we get back for the final part of our series, we'll talk about the growing hostility to this evil force that is BlackRock 
and different ways that you can get involved in the fight to stop this vampire squid before it sucks all of our blood out of us and destroys our country and our families and our economy. Thanks for watching. This is Behind the Deep State. I'm your host, Alex Newman. Until next time, God bless you all. Sophia paused before the door. It read, Department of Biodigital Convergence. Just inside was a new world, a better world, the one of everlasting life, of no pain, of no loss, of no problem. She entered the chamber and her surroundings changed. She saw around her an infinite field of waving golden grain surmounted by cloudless blue sky. The AI voice whispered gently in her mind, Welcome to the singularity. She couldn't see it and couldn't feel it, but her body had almost instantly been covered by a swarm of tiny gray multi-legged bots that melted through her clothes and into her skin. Not perceiving the nightmare, her eyes had already been consumed and the rest of her body was dissolving as the bots digested her flesh. She felt only a warmth suffusing her being. Drowsy, she drifted to sleep and her last thought was one of panic. Would she ever wake? Could a nightmare vision like this be an outcome of the much-hyped transhumanist technological singularity? Enter the world of the future as illuminated by the experience of the past and endgame. The new book by Dennis Barrett, the publisher of The New American Magazine, and find out how the disastrous COVID pandemic response fits with the technocratic elite's thirst to create a transhumanist utopia. Get Endgame from shopjbs.org with free shipping with code ENDSHIP, E-N-D-S-H-I-P. Or get Endgame and the Great Reset Collector's issue of The New American Magazine and get free shipping plus an additional 20% off both with code N20, E-N-D-2-0.